Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I love that we have a family that is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That is so key, isn't it? Just to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. How many of you got one of these when you came in? Amen. I want you to hang on to those because we're going to look at them in just a few minutes. I'm going to grab my phone so I can be timely tonight because we are going to go next door. And I am going to have a piece of glorious cake. Glory. And I'll tell you what, they're good looking cakes. Wait till you see our cakes tonight. Victoria Ormsby, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> we, uh, we recently, we had our Israel team reunion, and Victoria surprised us with this epic cake of our team. We took nearly 40 people to Israel last October. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's been almost a year. Can you believe that, Victoria? It's amazing. It's been almost a year. I can still see you in the Garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> Praise God. Amazing. I feel like the Lord has given me a big hug right now. It's just I'm enjoying it. Just kind of taking my time. For the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about the culture of outpouring. The culture of outpouring. If you're taking notes tonight, would you prepare yourself? And if you're not taking notes tonight, take some notes. Three people got that, so I'd like you to go to the book of Acts, chapter 2 tonight. Would you do that? Cody, thank you so much. Love you, brother. Acts chapter 2. This truly is a night of joy. It is a night of honor. It's a night of worship. It's a night of celebration. God is good. He's faithful and true. Amen. Say that. He's faithful and true. Glory. Acts chapter 2. I want to talk to you tonight about a culture of outpouring. Before we jump into these scriptures, you know, first and foremost, we say once again that Jesus really does, he deserves all of the glory. Amen. He, he is so worthy and that he deserves all of the glory here at Victory, a church of his presence. It is, it's nothing cliche-ish. It is a revelation that we say that Jesus is the very centerpiece of this ministry. It's not me. It's not, my, it's not even my family. As much as I'm so thankful for them, it's not anyone else. Jesus is the centerpiece of this ministry. And this, as long as he's the centerpiece, we'll always be blessed. Amen? Come on. And he deserves all the praise tonight. You know, two years ago, um, two years ago, my wife and I and our kids and about 15, 20 burning hearts left our living room and we, we went over to the Realtor Association. How many remember that? At, um, at, on Cattleman Road at the Realtor Association. And just so thankful for a very fresh and new beginning that was kissed by the Lord. And then Pastor Gene, who is in this very room tonight, approached me right before Christmas and we began to talk about a transition for us coming to this campus in this facility. And I thank God for it. I remember our, our move in the month of March this year. It was only March this year that we moved over to this camp, campus and it has been seamless and it has been blessed and kissed by God. And we meet here all the time on this campus. There's meetings throughout the week and here in, in prayer with intercessors. And it's just been so phenomenal. And Pastor Gene, I want to thank you once again really for your love for me, for Bren, Josiah, Victoria, but also for our church. And I, I do want to honor you as a great pioneer to this region. I know how much you love this church, but love this entire region. And we honor you tonight as well.
So I'm really blessed because my office is right across the hall from his, which is affectionately called the Holy of Holies. So, <laughs> also it's called the Eagle's Nest. So, I love you, Pastor Gene, and I thank the world of you. I remember, actually, I, didn't, I did not know my wife was going to even bring any level of attention to us moving here 15 years ago. And I do remember that night, Pete and Mary had just moved from Lakeland, and Pete met me in the driveway that night to unload the truck and the guys that had, had literally flown up from North Carolina up to Cincinnati to help us move and help us get here. And um, I remember that night so well, Pete. We had fellowship with Papa John's, too. I remember that. That was good fellowship. But I remember coming to this campus. In fact, if you, if you went a mile from this campus, a mile west from here, you would have found our old stomping grounds. We found this little cracker box rental house with a, a beautiful little pool for our kids to swim in. And that's where we began. Some of you remember that place. I thank God. God has been so faithful to us. He's been so good to us. We've, we've had a very <laughs> unusual journey. <laughs> we've had a very unusual, different journey. Some of you understand that. And I just thank God for his faithfulness. I thank God for his goodness and his, his grace in all of our lives. And it's just such a joy to do life together and to be a family. We are living in an extraordinary, epic hour I remember coming to this campus for the first time. I remember showing up here and just, just kind of, we had just gotten into town and I came over, I met Pastor Gene. It was, it was nearly 15 years ago, just walking over here and meeting him for the first time and the team over here. I still remember that so well. And we, we've talked about that many times. But what I want to make evidence to tonight is that the history and the legacy of victory at church of his presence, it isn't traced to the Gibbs' front room. And it never will be. See, victory, if you begin to trace our roots, if you begin to really trace our roots, who we are as a spirit-filled community, you'd have to travel thousands of miles to a city called Jerusalem. I could take you to Jerusalem. I'd like to go there tonight. And first of all, I would take you through a garden to where they believe is Golgotha. Because that's really the genesis of this family and the universal family of the, of the body of Christ, the very bride of Christ, the bride of Christ throughout the entire earth. It was birthed there at a bloody cross. A crucifixion where God gave his only Passover lamb, his sinless son, his blameless, perfect son. I could take you there. I could let you sit there and, and just let it begin to sink in as the presence of God would envelop you and hold you. And the revelation of Christ's cross would penetrate your heart and your soul. Then I would take you through the garden to the empty tomb. And I would watch you walk into this empty tomb to see where our Jesus was buried. He's no longer there, folks. He's risen victoriously. He has risen triumphantly. This is where we trace our legacy. But then I could take you to an upper room, an upper room that we're about to read about, because this is our roots. When I trace my root system, it's not just back in a little town in Pekin, Illinois. My, my root system is your root system, and it goes all the way back to our legacy and our heritage to Jerusalem. Jesus said he would send the Holy Spirit and he sent an outpouring of the Holy Ghost tonight. And I want to talk to you tonight about this culture of outpouring. Are you in Acts chapter 2 tonight? Are you there? 
I want to say to you before we read these scriptures this evening that there is a majority of the church culture in America that has deliberately moved away from the Holy Spirit. Hear these words tonight. There is a large majority of church culture that has deliberately moved away from the Holy Spirit. It's a new brand of church. But as for victory at Church of His Presence, actually we're doing the opposite. And we made a deliberate decision to do the opposite because we believe that we desperately need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We, we believe that the earth and the nations, specifically America, we need an unprecedented outpouring, an awakening, a pure revival of the presence of God that saturates and permeates this nation. And that is why we pray the way we pray. That's why we fast the way we fast. That's why we worship the way that we worship. That's why we continue to press in the way that we press in. Are you hearing me tonight? These have been deliberate decisions as a church where we're going to go in our vision. It's important for this tribe. <clears throat> I believe, like many of you, that Jesus Christ is going to return very, very soon for his bride. How many of you believe that? I believe it with all that I am, with all of my heart. I believe he is coming for his bride. Boy, I feel the Lord hugging me up here tonight. Thank you, Lord. But I also believe that God has saved his best wine for last. And that he is so graciously going to pour out his spirit upon America. I don't know if you know this, folks, but there is an outpouring in the nations, really, that is extraordinary right now. It's happening in nations all over the world, specifically Iran. We've known in the last 25 years the greatest revival and outpouring in the underground church in China, but now is exploding in unprecedented rate in just the nation of Iran, led by apostolic women. Powerful move of God. Souls being saved by thousands, by thousands, multiplied thousands, and under immense persecution. I want you to remember... As we begin to just chart this thing out, I want you to remember and think about how God raised this nation up and began to raise up missionaries to be sent to the ends of the earth to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe in this hour that God has saved the best wine for last. And because when you sow seed, it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. When you sow seed, it will come back. America has sown life after life, after missionary, after missionary, after missionary, all over the world. I believe in my heart of hearts, it's going to come back to us in a way unprecedented of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Come on, say amen tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, I'm in verse 1, they were in one accord, they were in one place, and suddenly there came a sound, a sound from heaven. Suddenly there came a sound, a sound from heaven as a, as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, make sure you mark that. When this sound, when that that rushing mighty wind it occurred the multitude it came together because of the sound they were confused because everyone started to hear them speak in their own language and they were amazed and they marveled saying to one another look are, are not all of these who speak Galileans 
And how is it that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born, Parthians and Medes, Elamites, and dwelling in Mesopotamia, and Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia, and Phygyra, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and parts of Libya adjoining the Cyrene? Visiting from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Now, don't you miss that? Because in a, in a culture of outpouring, there's not only tongues of fire, there's not only the sound of heaven bursting into a city, but people begin to speak boldly and declare the wonderful works of God. Hallelujah. So they were all amazed and they were perplexed. Don't miss these words. Look in verse 7. It says they were amazed and they marveled. Verse 12, it says they were amazed and they were perplexed. The word amazed, it means to affect with great wonder. The word marvel means to be surprised or astonished in awe and in wonder. Perplexed means to be uncertain or to wonder or puzzled if there's trouble. I like these words. We need people to be amazed today. You know, a lot of people are going to church and they don't marvel over anything. I mean, they marvel when there's no coffee. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? They're, I mean, they're perplexed. I mean, where, where's, the, where's the coffee? No, we need to be perplexed about the invasion and the moving of the Holy Spirit coming upon the bride of Christ in wonder that makes us go in awe of God. In all of God. Because if we move into a level of saturated glory on this campus, you'll never want to leave. People would stay here till 3, 4, 5 in the morning if the atmosphere gets thick with tangible glory of God. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. I hear Doc right now from Back to the Future where we're going. We don't need roads. Watch this. <laughs> Are you with me tonight? <laughs> they were amazed. They were perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? See, I, that's, that's what I want actually going on at Victory. I want people going, wow, what in the world happened, and what does that mean? What, what, what happened to that woman when the glory of God came on her? What happened to that man? What does this mean? We need these kind of questions at Victory. Yeah, but watch this. Verse 13, are you ready for this one? I don't know if you're ready. I'm going to try you on for size. Others were mocking and said they were full of new wine. What? Wait, what? They said they were full of new wine because they were wonderfully intoxicated in the bliss of God's presence. Wow. They became as drunken men. Peter stands up. With the other 11, and he raises his voice and he says to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you, heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Before we read those next words, see, I, I want to tell you again, this is our legacy. We're not reading history. We're not romanticizing history. This is our legacy. This is the root system that we're tapped into. This is the root system we're tapped into. This is our family. This is our legacy and our heritage. When the Holy Spirit came upon the 120 in that upper room that had waited for those 10 days, as Jesus said, go and wait and tarry and pray. Wait and stay and tarry in, in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. That's what he told him, Acts 1.8. He said, stay there, tarry. Don't leave Jerusalem, but stay there till you receive power from on high. And the Holy Spirit is poured out. But see, I want you to see this. In a, in a culture of outpouring, people begin to get drunk in the Spirit. 
you know, of Sister Mary down here, little Sister Mary here on the front row with her lovely husband, Henry. You know, if, if Mary started to tear up tonight and began to shake a little bit and she began to cry, some of the folks would look over and say, oh, just, oh, bless her heart. Look at God. God's moving on Sister Mary tonight. Oh, that's so sweet. That's Monica. Oh, Doug, look, 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 look. She's got, she's got tears dripping off of her nose and her, her chin is, is just, it's, it's twitching. And isn't that precious? The Holy Spirit's moving on her. But if little sister Mary started getting wildly filled and intoxicated and drunk and started acting like a drunken person in this meeting, I have a feeling a few of you might get nervous. I want it too. See, I have dreams that I talk to my wife about. I, I have dreams about y'all. I have dreams about our church. I have dreams about this region. I have, I have dreams about locations. I have dreams about fields in this city that don't have any buildings on them. <laughs> I've been having dreams about the Holy Spirit just, in, just absolutely rocking us and getting us so wildly drunk in the Spirit wildly drunk in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit. I've had, I've had dreams of many of you. Just you. We can't even get you. Hey, there you go. That worked. We can't even scrape you off the ground. I've had dreams. Some of you have been in my dreams. I've seen you laughing uncontrollably in the joy of the Lord, intoxicated. I want to tell you something. We need that. You got quiet. Silence of the lambs. We need this. We need this. We need this. See, God wants to pour fire on us. God wants to pour holy fire on us. He wants to baptize us with holy fire so that we burn purely and we burn brightly and we burn unstoppable and we burn unquenchable. But not only does he want to give us fire, he wants to give us wine. He wants to give us new wine so that we can stand up and say, say no, it's not what you think. This is from another realm. It's from another dimension. It's a gift of the Holy Ghost. The Lord wants to get you wildly, blissfully, joyfully drunk in the Holy Spirit. Brian, has that ever happened to you? Yes. And it's epic. 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 Are you with me tonight? Verse 17, are you still there? And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters... They're going to prophesy. Your young men, they're going to see visions. Your old men, you're going to dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I'm going to pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall all prophesy. I want you to say that with me tonight. And they shall all prophesy. See, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there's not only fire, there's not only tongues that come, but there is new wine, and then there are dreams, and there is visions, and there is prophecy. That is the culture of an outpouring. That is the culture of a spirit-filled community. This is exactly what we want to be living in all the time. This is a kingdom culture. This is what a kingdom culture looks like. It's not strange that people should have visions and dreams in our family. But you do need to be in community so that your dreams and your visions can accurately be judged and helped. Some of you are doubting that one. Yeah, I'm just going to keep coming at you. That's why you need community. Every revelation that you will ever receive from God will be tested in the soil of relationship. It'll be tested in the soil of family. In this culture that the Holy Spirit birthed in Jerusalem, in that upper room, it is a culture of prophecy. 
It's a culture of dreams and visions. It is a culture of revelation. It's a culture of faith. Glory to God. I want to say this again, folks. See, again, the, the, the majority of the church has moved so far away from what we're reading. They've moved so far away. You know why? Because it, it could offend people. People could think the wrong thing. I mean, you, you, you get too much fire and people will think you're kind of, yeah. Uh, you get too much wine of the Holy Spirit and people kind of think you're, ah. Uh, and, and all that dreams and vision stuff, uh, I'm not sure about all that. And, and prophecy, I mean, is that really for today? Absolutely. Are you here? Absolutely. This is what we're aiming to build. We're aiming to build a culture and a community that honors and pursues intimacy with God to host His very presence for this church and for our region, for our city. What we're pressing in and what we're contending for and asking God for is that He would make us a resting place. He would make us a rallying place for the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. So that everyone in this family can intimately know the Holy Spirit. From our youngest that my wife is with right now, teaching them about the ministry of the Holy Spirit that transforms them into the very image of Jesus. That is happening right now from the youngest to our oldest. That all the way through there's a saturation of the leaven of the kingdom that is working in this family and in this house. We are a spirit-filled people. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tonight. While you're turning there, I remember, I remember distinctively that when my family, at a very young age, my family got saved, my family got powerfully delivered out of realms of darkness and transformed and conveyed and covered and carried into the dominion of the kingdom of God into his light. Hallelujah. And I remember the church that I was growing up in, people were being baptized in the Holy Ghost all the time. They were being refueled and refired and refreshed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was always an emphasis. Are you seeking a fresh baptism? Are you seeking a fresh baptism? I'm telling you, that should be the language of this house. If you feel dry, have you ever felt dry? Four honest people at Victory. Have you ever felt dry? Yes. You need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. You need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is limitless. Limitless. And He'll refuel you and refire you as much as you need. Jesus said, if you'd ask, if you'd seek, if you'd knock, you will receive. Oh, you will receive. So the Apostle Paul begins to write, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, about a spirit-filled community, about a culture of outpouring. And in verse 4, he says, there's a diversity of gifts, but it's the same spirit. There's a diversity of gifts, but it's the same spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. There are difference of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. One more time. Read that again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of of all. That means that whatever the Holy Ghost bursts and breaks forth in your life, it's not just for you. It actually becomes a win and becomes beneficial for everybody that we're in community and in covenant with. Yes. Get excited about that. You know what that means? That means that your breakthrough can actually become a breakthrough for someone else. My breakthrough becomes someone else's breakthrough. 
And I keep learning that over and over, that the anointing is not just for us. The anointing has always been for others. And in the wisdom of God, that is how God has knit us together. In His divine wisdom, in His divine plan, that's how God has always engineered this thing. That as a family, we would always grow and explode if someone breaks through. If you see someone breaking through in a realm, first of all, celebrate it and thank God for it. Never become jealous of it. You see someone breaking through in a realm with the Lord, celebrate it. Because what it will do, it will set your heart in a right posture and in line to become a recipient of the same grace. You could become a recipient of the same grace of someone's breakthrough. Think of that. Oh my. There's a lot of realms that I want to break through, not only for Brian, but for many others that I'll, I've, I don't even know their names. Multitudes, multitudes of people in this region. If we could only break through, not, not in a realm of the anointing. The anointing is God's authorization for you to do the works of Jesus in the earth. I'm going to say that again. The anointing is God's authorization on you and I to do the works of Jesus in the earth. But the glory is something totally different. The glory is a realm of, of a saturated atmosphere. The glory, I'll, I'll give you one word tonight, is the kabod. And it means the weighty presence or essence of God himself that begins to sit heavily upon a person or a place or a church or a city or a region. Brian, has it ever happened? Sure has. I'll give you one quick story. I was reading a story even before I came into the prayer room tonight about two friends. One of them, this happened in 1904 in the nation of Wales. And these two friends, one of them was Evan Roberts and his best friend, Sidney Evans. And they were in prayer. They were pressing in for God to move in the nation of Wales. 1904, are you tracking with me? Come on. I need to know if you're with me. Come on. I'm not, I'm not in cake yet. When, we, when we're in cake, I'm going to be smiling and I'm going to be going, yeah, yeah, we're having cake. But right now we're preaching and we're doing it, okay? Are you with with me. Come on. Are you with me? So these two, these two young men and their friends, they're seeking God for their nation. They're inquiring God for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost for the nation of Wales. And, and, and Evan has this extraordinary, Evan Roberts has this extraordinary encounter with the Lord where he's being caught into realms of heaven and he sees the nation of Wales being lifted up before the throne of God and Sidney walks in and looks at Evan and Evan's face is glowing like the sun, brilliant, glistening like the sun. He says, what has happened to you? He said, Sidney, he said, I saw the nation, our nation of Wales being lifted before the throne. Can you believe God for a hundred thousand souls? And Sidney said, I was so overcome and my faith exploded out of my heart. And I could only say, yes, Evan, yes, I can believe. Days later, they went into a, a, a gathering maybe smaller than this in Mariah Chapel where millions and millions and millions and millions of people still flocked to that little Mariah Chapel where Evan Roberts got up and declared that the glory of God was the glory, the glory, the saturation, atmosphere of the very heavy kabod, the glory of the Lord, not anointing, not good preaching, not good teaching, not good meetings, not even good worship, but the heavy atmosphere of the glory of God. He announced it and declared it was coming to Wales. In three months, in three months, People were being saved in fields. They were being saved in the marketplace. They were being saved in the schools. They were being saved on their jobs. They were even being saved in the church. In three months, 100,000 people came into the kingdom in Wales. You know, you know why? 
It's not because they had they loosed a hundred, you know, it's not because they loosed a thousand evangelists. That's not what happened. It's because the glory got on top of the nation. The glory, the glory, the glory. There were young people pressing in, praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the glory of God got so thick on the nation of Wales. God answered the cries and the prayers. Are you hearing this? God answered the cries and the intercession and the prayers of young people, specifically Evan Roberts. And the glory of the Lord so saturated and filled an atmosphere that it changed the nation of Wales. It changed and transformed it. Now, let, let's fast forward to 2019. And I think about these things. What, what, would, just, what would happen if we were so impacted by the glory of the Lord that 100,000 people in the city or county of Sarasota would be saved. Our breakthrough can become someone else's breakthrough. But you don't understand, Brian. We, we don't have all of the stuff to make that happen. <laughs> we don't have the fog machines. We don't have the light shows. We, we don't have a big enough, what, no, we don't have this, and, and, and we don't have that. You know, Jesus didn't either. <laughs> he had 12 men, and he had the glory of God resting upon him. And they turned the world upside down. They turned the world upside down. They preached in the open air. <laughs> I got to read my scripture. So I'm back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <laughs> Verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. Don't you love that? What are we talking about? The culture has fire in it. The culture has new wine in it. The culture has prophecy in it. The culture has dreams and visions in it. Now he says... Paul elaborates. He says, there's words of wisdom through the Spirit. There's words of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, there's faith. Faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, there's workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, there's discernment of spirits. To another, there's different kinds of tongues. To another, there's interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. What am I doing right now? What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm stirring up our hunger in the depths, in the core of who we really are in our spirit. What are you hungering for? Are you hungering for wisdom? Are you hungering for discernment? Are you hungering for the knowledge of God? Are you thirsty for a, a ministry of miracles? Are you thirsty for a, a ministry of healing? Oh, I am. I am. And you know what? Here's the good news. It's available. It's available. And you know how you, know how you get it? It's in the Holy Spirit. How many of you think we need the Holy Spirit? All of this is found in God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. Jump down a few verses. Can you read a few more with me? Verse 27. The Apostle Paul now, he talks about how to build the house. How do you build a house? How do you build the community? In verse 27 he says, now you are the body of Christ. Don't you love that? I am the body of Christ. Touch your neighbor next to you. You just touched the body of Christ. Think of that. You just touched the body of Christ. Touch Victoria. She doesn't have anybody there. Okay, good. You got her. I don't want my daughter being missed there. Think of that. Think of that. You want to touch Jesus? 
You just touched the body of Christ. That's awesome. Isn't that good? And God appointed these in the church, first apostles. God, God appointed them, not men. God appointed first apostles. And then he commissioned prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles. Look at that. Gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. And then we know that we turn the page and we go into the epic turning of 1 Corinthians 13 where he says, I want to tell you what trumps all of this, and that's love. Are you with me tonight? It's love. Because love is that reservoir from which the Holy Spirit springs forth and releases and activates the gifts of the Spirit. If you'll hunger, if I will hunger, if we will hunger, if we will seek, if we will inquire of the Lord, Lord, give us prophecy. Lord, give us tongues in the house. Give us tongues in interpretation. Give us prophecies. Give us dreams. Give us visions. Give us fire. Give us, Father. Give us. Let us pray this, Lord. Give us fire. Give us new wine. And not relent from that. Not, not relent. We're crossing into a threshold of a brand new year for this church tonight. If we stayed the course on this prayer tonight, God, make us a culture of outpouring. That we enter into awakening. That we enter into true pure revival and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there is hard telling where this could really go. The only reason I moved back to this city is not for the palm trees and not the sandy beaches. I moved here so that we would see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Some of you know, some of you know, I we had moved back and we were praying, Lord, what shall we do? What shall we do? And in 2016, I flew out to California to spend some time with Bill Johnson. And I was inquiring of the Lord and I was asking Bill for wisdom. I was seeking counsel. I was seeking advice. I was seeking counsel. I was seeking advice about do we launch this work in this city? Do we, do we do this in what you're sitting in right now that is actually called Victory, a church of his presence? I wanted to do things right. I wanted to do things proper. And some of you understand what that means in, in this room, what I'm even talking about. Some of you don't. Hey, that's all right. There's cake coming soon. So <laughs> you're in good hands tonight. We've got cake. Just remember that. But I was inquiring of the Lord. I was inquiring of the Lord. I remember Bill, Bill said, Brian, <laughs> Bill said, Brian, if it was, he said, if it was anybody else, I'd tell them not in a million years, don't, don't, launch, don't launch another work in Sarasota. Don't, don't do it. If it was anybody else, I would tell them. He said, but because it's you, I cannot tell you no. There's no way. You have to do what God is telling you to do. I'm not here to be a hero. I'm not, I'm not here to try to set everything right for everybody. Because I'm none of those things. I'm not a hero. I don't set everything right for everybody. But I am a man. I know who I am. I know I'm a man after God's own heart. And I know I am inquiring of him every day that I have breath in my lungs for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is in my dream world. It is in my night visions. It is in my blood. It is in my intercession. It is in my tears. It is in my pleading with God. I am hungry for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you something. I'll be transparent with you. Many, many years ago, my wife and I, we went to the Brownsville Revival in Pensacola. 
Many of you know John Kilpatrick has become a personal friend to us, a dear friend to us, and still is. But I remember when we went to the Brownsville Revival, we stood about, the first night, we stood about 12 hours in line just to get into a six-hour meeting. That'll wear you out in the Florida sun, let me tell you right now. I... I don't know why, but I couldn't take my eyes off of John Kilpatrick that whole week. That whole week, I couldn't take my eyes off him. I just kept worshiping and watching him, watching him move in the spirit. And I want to tell you something. As sure as I know my name, Brian David Gibbs, I know Brian David Gibbs. That name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life right now. It's a name that my mom and dad gave me. It's my name. As sure as I know my own name, God spoke to me at Brownsville. And he said, son, one day... You will pastor a move of God just like this man right there. Now you, you may look around, see this little church. Thank God for this little church. Thank God for Pastor Gene. But I'm not looking in virtual reality. I'm looking in my reservoir of God's word over my life. I know what he said. I know what he said. I remember Bill saying to me, Brian, just choose to. I mean, my God, you're going to do the same thing. If you choose to move to Anchorage, Alaska, you're going to do what you're going after. Or you could choose to go to Sarasota, which is far better than Anchorage. <laughs> Exceedingly better than Anchorage. But it's true. I'm wired for one thing. I'm not good at a lot of things. I'll let you in on that secret. I'm not good at a lot of things. I'm good at a few things. But I'll tell you, where I am at the core of my being, I crave and I call out to God for revival and awakening. I was born for revival, folks. And that's why the Gibbs family is in Sarasota, Florida. That's the only reason. That's why there is a victory, a church of his presence. It is about revival an awakening. It is about a culture of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I want to be. I want to be in an outpouring until I see the sky ripped open and I see Jesus coming back for his bride to take his people to be with him. I'm telling you, I want the rest of my life to be in a burning, outpouring until I see Jesus coming. That's what I'm living for, folks. That's what I'm alive for. Sorry to be emotional. Leonard Ravenhill, <laughs> he said these words, and I'm, I'm about to close. He said, if the Holy Ghost came to some churches, there would be a stampede for the doors. If the Holy Ghost came to some churches, there would be a stampede for the doors. A.W. <laughs> Tozer, these two men are some of my favorite authors. Many of you know that. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, if God withdrew his Holy Spirit tomorrow, most churches would function just the same. And that is the truth. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I can't function without the Holy Ghost. I can't, and I won't. I can't, and I won't. And you shouldn't either. We're hungry for an outpouring. We're hungry for an outpouring. The people that are attracted to this church, they're hungry for an outpouring. The people that are attracted to this church, something God has stamped something in their life. He has set them apart and marked them, marked you, marked you, marked you for revival, marked you for awakening. He's marked you, he's marked you, he's marked you for awakening, for revival. He's marked your life. That's why you're attracted to this church. Why else would you be attracted to this church? It's all there is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on.
I needed that, Jane Casey. Hallelujah! Come on! I'm hungry. This is our assignment. This is our assignment. This is our assignment. Let's read it together. Victory's mission is to create a life-giving family of strong, hope-filled believers who deeply love and treasure the presence of God and partner with Jesus to express the joy and the power of his kingdom in every area of life. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? We worship together to bring heaven to earth. Say it. Come on, say it tonight. We worship together to bring heaven to earth. The centerpiece of every gathering is the pursuit of God's heart and presence through worship and his word, where lives are transformed and launched into their destinies and launched into their destinies. Here at Victory, you will discover the riches and the power of the Word of God and experience His presence. You will be equipped and activated in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You will also connect and discover the family you never knew you had. Hallelujah. We train, we, power, we empower, we release believers to courageously take the kingdom culture to the world. We are a community and a training center that pursues intimacy with God and hosts the presence of the Lord for our city and our region. Victory is a place to lead people of all ages into a growing and life-giving relationship with Jesus. Victory's mandate extends to the southwest coastal region of Florida, America, and to the nations. We love our city, and we carry a vision for cultural transformation. Our quest is a lifestyle of personal revival, national awakening, and generational reformation. As a revival center, it is our passion to see the global expansion of God's kingdom through His manifest presence in every sphere of life. Victory is a place where God's tangible, and presence in personal revival, prayer, signs, wonders, Miracles. The atmosphere is one of faith, worship, and joy. We believe we're on the edge of the greatest revival and awakening of all time. Join us in the faith adventure. That's who we are, and these are non negotiables. They're non negotiables. It's who we are. So I got three questions just to end my message tonight. Why not now? <laughs> Why not now? Why not us? And why not here? Why not? Why not? Why not? Let's stand tonight. Cody, I want you to come. Hurry, there's cake. Hurry. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.